Hi, and welcome to Best of Five Weekly FGC Talk Show. Brought to you by myself, Michael Donker Schiller, Steve, Ace King Offsuit. <laughs> That's in there. And John, Velociraptor Guerrero, wearing a pretty snappy cap. Tonight on the show. Is that a pineapple? It's a pineapple, yeah. It, do, you, do you have a pen, another pineapple, and another pen available? You can make something out of that. Tonight on the show, we have a guest, and none other than contestant of E-League's first FGC reality show, The Challenger, Challenger. Uh, Sherry Jennings. We're very excited to have her on the show. We're going to be interviewing her for about 30 minutes, 30 minutes. in about an hour. An hour. Dude, you might, man, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, we'll also have some recaps. We'll also have some discussions. We'll also talk about that dirty son of a bitch LTG. Wow. Will we? That was quite that was quite the way to put it. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, if you're joining us for the first time, that's what we do. We talk about fighting games, tournaments, recaps, happenings, this and that. Uh, and also we have fun with green screen now that uh, Steve uh, you know invested. Steve's in gone so far into the Tekken World tour, he's literally in Tekken itself. <laughs> this is where this is my, my new uh, place of habitation. Tekken really does a good job with its goofy stages. I mean, they had the, the sheep stage in Tekken Tag 2. They've got this weird playhouse now. I don't know. I like them. Hey, but just uh, before we get you to hop in here, what's going on with the shirt, bro? Um, this is my... Uh, How much did you pay for my it? Shirt. This was, I believe, $4. $4? $4. That's expensive for, for you, dog. You know, people think sometimes they're like, whoa, is that like the new Supreme drop? And I'm like, I don't know what the drop is, but this was $4 at Goodwill. So <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. Um, let's go ahead and kick things off with a recap like we always do. And that means we toss it over to our friend, the man with the plan, Steve, Ace King Offsuit Jerk. You guys think I'm your friend? <laughs> I don't think, pal. I know. Uh so beautiful. Uh, yeah, but make with that recap, though. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's kick it off with the Gfinity Elite Series, the final week of the regular season. Uh, we had a couple of games that ended up being play-in games, essentially. Uh, Epsilon, with a weakened side, most of their main players were over in Brussels Challenge, the CPT event, but they carried, picked up the 4-3 win to make the playoffs. Excel as well. They got the 4-3 win, or the 4-1 win, excuse me, in Group A. If we take a look at the final regular season table, we see that in Group A, Envious wins with Nordivin and Excel making the playoffs as well. Aries winning Group B, Fnatic and Epsilon also qualifying for the postseason. So next week, uh, we're going to start with the quarterfinals, Nordivin versus Epsilon and Fnatic versus XL. Uh, the two group winners will get the uh, winners of those quarterfinal matches the following week. Uh, let's head over to Hong Kong for Beast Arena Hong Kong. That was the Tekken World Tour event of uh, for the weekend. Another week, another new winner. Low high taking over Take in the grand final. Uh, JDCR third. Uh, name you're not seeing in that top eight, but kind of expect to see. Saint. He got knocked out uh, in the loser side of top 16 by Tanukana in one of the bigger upsets of the weekend. But once again, um, 
it, it, it's a big change from what we saw last year. Last year it was more or less the JDCR and Saints show where they're winning every week. Now we have four events down, four different winners. JDCR isn't hasn't won any of them. So this tour is as wide open as you could expect. Um, and it's going to get interesting as this week as well because we're going to see our first uh, European action. Steve, are they all uh, just catching up, or what's hey, going on? Hey, I'm blocked. Um, I'm, uh, I, you sorry, know, I'm going to interrupt you because we got a new uh, emote here, or a new uh, sub, and a new clap emote. Gift. Oh, wow. Five months in a row from Piuzera. Thank you, Piuzera. Hey, much, 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 much appreciated. That technology. So, but going back to this, because, you know, you're right. It was always St. JDCR. Now we're seeing more names cropping up to the top of the leaderboards. Is it a, uh, are people catching up, or what's happening here in your estimation, <sighs> Steve? I, I, I think it's a combination of a few things. Uh, people have really been labbing up to take care to figure out these guys out. I mean, you saw how well um, players like Kudans came up at the end of last season. Uh, it's also a fact that even though the whoa, <laughs> even though Korea has access to the um, to the arcade edition, obviously, you're seeing now that it's in homes now now that you have the console release there's just it's so much easier to earn to figure out matchup knowledge now so uh the rate that people are improving is increasing right now and i feel it's going to increase as the season goes on all right thank you for that a bit of insight back to the recap please all right, let's head over to Belgium for Brussels Challenge, the event that everyone wanted to call Jean-Claude Van Damme for some reason. Uh, they had a couple big tournaments, a big, big showdown in Europe for uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, the first clash between Goichi and Leffen. Uh, this one went Goichi's way. Uh, 3-0 in winner's finals, 3-0 in grand finals. Uh, so you know who who's... Uh, running things there but Leffen dominant over the rest of Europe only dropped one game through the entire tournament uh, you see some familiar names like uh, White Black up in the mix Mr. Crimson just outside of top 8 so it's going to be interesting to see how that scene develops uh, in trying to catch up to Goichi uh, that, that event also hosted the week's Capcom Pro Tour event uh, and a little bit of a surprise, maybe. First time this season that we have someone from outside of Asia pulling down the win. Uh, Luffy taking it over Bonchan in the grand final. Uh, Bonchan got, came up through the loser's bracket, got the reset, but Luffy ended up taking it 3-0 in the grand final. You see Problem X and Salty Kid rounding out the top four. So congratulations to Luffy as he moves up the standings. And Takamura was a hit away from beating Bonchan as well after beating Takauchi, which was a pretty interesting sight to behold. Yeah, John Takauchi. Good, strong performance from him. Congratulations, you get one whole point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is that the end of the recap, Steve? Uh, and I, I, I guess the one thing I'll say about that tournament as well is both Oil King and Takauchi were in attendance and got a lot worse results than I think they are both are used to. And now I will attribute Weird. some of that to not only the Rashid nerfs, but getting used to the Rashid nerfs, because obviously you'll need to change your game plan around that a little bit. We saw a few things being done that obviously don't work anymore just because they were ingrained in their muscle memory. But we're definitely already seeing 
patch 3.1 affect the way the game is played? And I believe, according to Luffy, this is the first time he's been able to beat Problem X's Abigail. Hmm. So that could be part of the patch as well. Um, if you appreciate Steve's excellent recaps, then show us a little bit of support by typing in BOV Ace with a capital A in the chat <clears throat> if you're a sub, and you'll get Ace King Offsuits Dome right there. <laughs> uh, we got a new emote, guys. There it is. <laughs> ah, so good. Looking pretty good. I was telling I was my friend. Go ahead. I was telling my friend that it looked like that picture was when I first saw a woman in person for the first time. <laughs> that was like last it was week, around right? that age, too. So. <laughs> Um, okay, <clears throat> now, uh, anything else to glean from this? So you're talking about, obviously, the patch is taking effect. We're seeing it in the results. Um, if you, I mean, Bonchan picked Karen and won a match in, in loser's side grand finals, but then after losing the next match, switched back to Nash. It was, uh, he got destroyed in winner's finals, but he definitely showed some turnaround. It's really interesting watching Bonchan play ever because... Literally no one has matchup experience unless it's versus him, right? Like almost no one plays that character at a high level. Nash? Yeah, the second best Nash is probably like six tiers below Bonchan as far as like player ability goes. So, I mean, it, it's one of those matchups where it's only him you get to fight it in. Mm. Um, but you were also, I mean, we were chatting during the uh, actual uh, tournament. By the way, shout outs to European tournaments that start nice and early and are done nice and early. Um, yeah. Saying that the Europeans were just bopping these uh, Japanese players. Well, in the top eight, I think the first like three. I mean, I remember <laughs> Problem X beat Goichi, Luffy beat Bonchan, uh, Takamura beat uh, Takauchi. So the Europeans really held it down in Brussels um, and kept the uh, kept the boys out of winning. So good for them. All right, uh, I'm just trying to add. All Problem these, X uh, did a really good job of that last year too. He's very very strong on his home turf. And it uh, seems to continue to be. So, Steve, you got some other little graphics here for us. Uh, what's up with this Injustice stuff that I know St uh, uh, Mike can't wait to talk about? Yeah, that was just announced a couple uh, couple of hours ago. Uh, they We've got a second season of the Injustice Pro Series. Uh, it's going to be a little smaller scale this time around. Uh, $100,000 uh, prize prize pool in the grand finals uh you're going to see that split over five different tours the biggest one being once again the pro series uh it's only going to be a handful of offline events and four online events this year uh so it starts at combo breaker uh we'll go through ceo Biennality, evo and uh socal regionals uh, there will also be Legal Latina again. There will be a European component, and there's going to be a Canadian component. Uh, one player from each of those will qualify for the grand finals. Uh, the last spot will be determined in a last chance qualifier. I feel like they've been teasing that for a while. Even Ed Boot himself kept talking about how the announcement was coming out. I don't know why I was expecting a little more. Um, maybe not necessarily the prize pool. I mean, that's fine. But um, maybe some Mortal Kombat news. Yeah, are you thinking that maybe we'll see something for 2019? Perhaps. Well, like we also have E3 on around the corner for that too, right? So everyone's talking about the potential of like a MK11 or something like that popping up at you know E3 possibly. I guess that would make more sense—a bigger stage, right? Mm -hmm. I thought the whole world was watching fighting game <laughs> on. Twitch. I mean, I, I 
I feel like it's pertinent right now. This is a great this is a great look for Injustice, Injustice Two specifically, obviously. Um, getting this announcement, getting this tour, uh, but at the same time, like, how do we feel like what are what are numbers nowadays? I mean, I, I feel like less and less tournaments are featuring Injustice. Um, it's still at Evo, right? So that's good. But like, where where is it standing right now? Because I feel like uh, maybe after Dragon Ball Fighters comes out and it kind of takes center stage a little bit for a while, um, and a lot of players from a lot of different games are, are gravitating over to, over to that, doesn't mean they can't play both. But like, where does Injustice stand right now? Because to me, it feels like it's maybe a little bit lower than it has been. Yeah, I mean, I, it, yeah, even between Final Round and that South by Southwest tournament that had like a guaranteed high prize payouts for um, for multiple. Uh, Elon? Um, <laughs> Michael, over here is Everyone asleep. okay over there? Yeah. Um, no, but uh, you had a guy like Sonic Fox go. He's like, no, man, I got my exhibition in Dragon Balls. I can't go to this exhibition for injustice. I think that says it all, right? Um, the the diehards are staying. There's still definitely plenty of pros, but um, it's gravitating that way. You're absolutely right, John. There's definitely a pretty big, pretty plain big three at this point with fighting games. It seems like with with Street Fighter, Dragon Ball, and Tekken. And it seems like everything else is notably far behind in numbers to the point where most of their play comes at majors, right? And you don't see as many regionals or as many locals coming around for those tournaments. And yeah, they're, they're losing result entrance even at the majors as a result of that. So hopefully they can pick it up somehow. And hopefully this, this news helps revitalize the scene. But, you know, and not only that, the NRS guys are used to that cycle, right? Okay, and maybe they're already ready for Mortal Kombat, which surprises me because they just got a new season of characters and that usually injects a little more life. Or, as we've already been alluding to, has Dragon Ball just really uh, precipitated that? I think both with, and I mean, I don't have any hard stats to back this up, but I think both with Injustice 1 and Injustice 2, their life cycle was a little bit shorter than the Mortal Kombat's. I think that... It segments the NRS scene a bit, and I think the MK part of the scene is bigger than the Injustice oh, okay. part, even though they coincide a bit. Hmm. And Dragon Ball taking the most storied Injustice player away from them, and that's really how it's looking, as you said. Sonic Fox decided he would way rather focus on that than Injustice. Um, I, I just don't think it helps them a lot as a scene, but I hope they can. I, this is a big deal. You know, this was a few hours ago, and I think this will really make a few of the NRS players who weren't practicing start practicing again. There's money, right? Now, There's money to be made. Yeah, there is money. Um, you know, what I wonder is $150,000 is nothing to sneeze at at all by any stretch of the imagination. But coming after a year where last year, obviously, the launch of the game, you had a $600,000 circuit coming down to one one fifty. do the optics of that play into, um, you know, the response that this will get? Like, even, you know, People looking at it as, oh, it lost so much, as opposed to, oh, it's still $150,000 circuit, you know, in the second year of a game's life. I think I think it'll be more the the hardcore group will see it as as a, as a nerf, right? Because you know, obviously, the numbers it's it's very clear from that. But I think that the majority of the eyes that aren't just primarily focused on it aren't necessarily regular Injustice followers, NRS followers. We'll still see it as like, hey, that that game has a tour just like Street Fighter V, just like Tekken, you know, and, and it gets to join uh, like that kind of next level status that you get with having like a league or a tour that's associated with your with your game. And 
at least for the time being, it's got a leg up on Dragon Ball, who doesn't have a tour yet. So I think that there's a little bit of a, I think it's a positive and I think people will see it as, as a, a boost in status as opposed to a drop because it wasn't as big as last year. Now, uh, of course they go hand in hand and they overlap, but not entering tournaments is not the same as leaving the community, right? We don't know if Sonic Fox isn't like having like the most next level Michelangelo or something and an evil, he's going to bust it out and still win that tournament. He is just choosing to enter uh, different games, I guess. We'll have to wait and see. But I am excited, or what, what I'm nervous about is not getting to see that awesome Ninja Turtle action, which I waited so goddamn <laughs> long for, and I hope I get to see some some good streams on that. I'm sure he'll keep entering. Yes. And we'll get a, at least a little bit of a boost with the Legendary Edition that came out, which is essentially the Game of the Year version. Uh, so you get all the characters. So th I... I don't know how much new blood there will be, but hopefully there will be some. You know, maybe we'll see some new faces uh, towards the end of the season. Steve, what's this news here on SNK Heroes? Uh, John uh, actually posted an article on this. Uh, do you want to hit that up or do you want me to? The only it? article that John posted today that matters is the one about <laughs> Nicki Minaj having either an album or a, or a single it's called, called Chun-Li. And... I yeah, I saw hashtag Chun Li trending on Twitter, and I was like, "What is going on?" Oh, okay. And it was John's article. It was John's. Uh, article. And it, it's gotten by far more attention than anything else we've posted today because. <laughs> Let me see if I can get that image while you talk about. It. Why don't you tell us before we get into SNK Heroes what, what went down here with uh, Nicki Minaj? Since you already wrote the article, which is probably going to win a Pulitzer, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's just yeah, my guess. Easily, <laughs> man. I. If you read it too, it's just got a pretty jaded tone to it. But uh, I guess what's all that's popped up is Nicki Minaj has a picture of her with Chun Li buns in her hair, right? And uh, and then she's wearing a sexy, provocative outfit that I don't think has any other parallels to Chun Li besides the the hair. Pretty hairdo. sure it's just the hair. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> and there's gonna be some kind of a release this Thursday, and there's unicorns in the text, and it says there's gonna be two songs: Barbie something or other and Chun Li. Uh, and so I guess new songs are coming out from Nicki Minaj, uh, and one of them Street Fighter themed. So great, awesome, wonderful! I got to write about Nicki Minaj for work. We made it, boys. Uh, don't pretend. It, don't pretend like it wasn't a fun thing to write about. And SNK yeah, Heroines really is easy. coming to the Switch, and time only out, the time Switch. Out, time out. We got to get the picture up first. Boom. How about that? Oh, there man. That placement. Oh, oh the no. beaver. Oh. <laughs> was that on purpose? Elon, come on, man. <laughs> that was all. We're sorry. That oh, was an accident. Whoa. That was not planned. Uh, but, you know, oddly appropriate. All right. Moving back to SNK Heroes. <laughs> I, I Just to clarify. Oh, God. And then SNK the, Heroes. The other single is called Barbie Tings. Barbie Tings. Uh, great. Tings. Uh, thank you for that. All right. We, Speaking we of scantily clad, SNK Heroines is coming exclusively physically to Switch. <sighs> Did it get hot in here? Jeez. Did I write that article? I don't even remember now. But it is also coming to PS4 <laughs> digitally. Oh, the announce, and it's doing so in September, right? We finally have a, a release date of uh, September 17th or something like that. I don't know. I'm going to try uh, it. You know, it, it, I love they King had of Fighters. Wednesday Night Fights. They had it at Wednesday Night Fights a few weeks ago when I was there, and I didn't play it, but I was talking to Jabali about it, and it very much fits that bill of the trend of like, let's make this easy to play, not necessarily easy to win. Um, a, a pretty simple commands, and and the mechanic where you can essentially, if you get your opponent in a certain situation, you can do your finishing move and end it right then and there. 
So that's kind of like a different sort of thing. Um, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I don't know. A, a lot of it's just like, hey, remember the waifus that you love? Well, now they're all together in one place. Yeah, I don't it, know how competitive it will it be. It does not look very much. So. Well, so, so to that end, John, who is the audience for this game in your mind other so, than our compadre here, uh, Michael Donkashiller? Reboos right, right. and KOF fanboys. <laughs> is that it? And people who have uh, body pillows? No. Those Menos, fit yeah, into Weeaboos pretty, pretty <laughs> clearly. It's going to be kind of like a party game, and it's going to be party, well, not just for sure, but probably party game for Weeaboos. So that's a pretty limited audience. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it does amazing. I hope it's the best game ever in the fighting game community, but that's what it's kind of looking like and but, feeling like at this very early stage. So How many, how many new 2D or traditional fighters are out there for the Switch, though? That's the question. That, this that is the first new one. Because the two biggest ones on the platform right now are ARMS and Pokin, which you wouldn't necessarily categorize as traditional fighters. So this is going to be... Um, and then you've got Ultra Street Fighter 2, which, you know... I think KF98's on there, too. You think 40 bucks is too much for that? <laughs> Dude, they got new characters in there. And, uh, and colors. Yeah. yeah. And, that. and that motion capture... Hadoken. Well, yeah, I mean, to be yeah, fair on that pieces. front, real quick, I've spent money on Resident Evil 4. Like, I've bought that game like four or five times now in my life. You know, back for GameCube, for Xbox 360, I think twice, and now for PS4. And, uh, I mean, that's a pretty iconic title. Um, Street Fighter 2 is a super iconic title. I don't know if the replay value exactly translates and whatnot. I suppose it does, because you're playing with friends. But, I mean, I, I'm, I say that to say I'm not mad at a $40 price tag. I, I think it's it's okay. Maybe but 20 would be better, but nah. Is Switch the place for fighting games is what I'm saying? Although I, I think it's a cool place for fighting games. I would love if a game I played seriously was on the Switch. Uh, unpack that. Why? Um, I mean, mobile training mode for one. We've seen that before a little bit with Marvel 3 on the PSP, but there were several version differences, and the PSP just did not handle the game as well, whereas I think the Switch would probably be much more adept at doing something like that. And, I mean, it makes playing versus each other really easy, right? I mean, like, you both have your own screen. It really is a simple method for, for playing versus each other as long as it worked properly. So it sounds cool to me. I did the other day recently see an official Nintendo licensed or sponsored uh, tournament for arms with commentary with the top pros and it put me to sleep i might have to go back and watch it give it a little more love, arms but, never uh, got uh its arms off the ground <laughs> well uh but okay so maybe there is a home there there's certainly a large install base of owners of uh of the absolutely and, and there's that... going to be a smash there sooner rather than later and that will be amazing in my experiences on the switch um just in the like, hey, I don't feel like playing fighting games today. What are we gonna do? Uh, uh, you know, otherwise, playing on the Switch with whoever's there. You know, whether it's your good friend that you play games with all the time, or like them plus their girlfriend that doesn't play games, or someone that's visiting from out of town. There's something for everybody on Switch, and and the ease of of play with the way the controllers are and everything makes it for a perfect party game setting. And, and of course, Smash Bros is going to thrive in that avenue. And that's completely separate from the competitive avenue. But I think that that alone will, it's like the perfect platform, the perfect setting for a Smash game. Um, and then you have the competitive crowd that's going to do you know, everything that it's going to do with it. But I think that Smash on the Switch will be amazing. 
Please sponsor us, Nintendo. That's yeah, the, right. give, give me that's the underlying message. Donald, name another dog after this. <laughs> uh, this wasn't one of our topics, but I just wanted to ask, throw this out real quick. Uh, with respects to a new Smash game coming out to Switch, if it is a, uh, what do you call it when they just bring it over? Uh, port. The, if they just port it, but add new characters like they did for Mario Kart, would that be so bad? It would piss people off, but people would buy it anyway. Um, I think they won't do... Th- I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. They had a new logo. They had new characters already shown in the preview. So I think most people think it's going to be a new game. Um, I mean, you couldn't really... This would be the newest, like the fastest they've gone to a new Smash game from an old Smash game by a lot. Yeah. So it's hard to say. I think people would much rather have a new one. But, I mean, it'll sell either way. So there you go. Yeah, I, I, I think if they weren't going to do that, they would have done said something to lower expectations by now. So I am expecting to see a brand new game. Yeah, there, there's in my mind, there is no way that it's just a port. Like, the, I mean, Steve said it all with that. The expectations are there. And it's like, it's technically their prerogative to, to tell us or not at this point. But, like, you're just setting yourself up for failure and you're setting yourself up to be essentially ostracized by a lot of people uh, if you if you conduct yourself that way. So, I, And I don't see Nintendo making a move like that. So I really think it'll be a brand new game. Gentlemen, let's talk about the Summit of Power. Yes. You've been pretty pumped about this. I remember you saying that it was legitimately... Then again, it was in the context of us just having talked about the cast of E-League, which we'll get to later, E-League the Challenger, and you're saying that I here. think they picked really good people for this. Yeah. I think they hit it out of the park. They chose eight people who all have current tournament results. I mean, if we go through them fast, Sonic Fox, Goichi, Dogra don't need any real explanation. You know, they got top three at final round. Three of the best players, obviously Goichi the King and Sonic Fox right below him. Nakiel has been a huge deal since the beta and has also made top eight at both majors so far. Chris G has made top eight at both majors so far and is a big name from other games. Kazunoko, a legend, also made top eight. Um, Leffen is the best player in Europe um, so far. Got second at Brussels and beat Super Noon, who just got third at a major mm-hmm. at Wednesday Night Fights. And then Apology Man's probably the best player in Northern California and also, you know, a big name from other games. It just, and, they all fit, right? And they all fit. The art's cool. It makes sense. Good job. And is there anyone else that should be in a place of any of those guys right now? There's a name that you mean besides pers- Danka? There's one person that people are talking about, which is Hook Gang God who has been mm-hmm. winning NLBC when Sonic Fox isn't there, and in fact beat Apology Man, and they both use Piccolo as their point character. So he beat Apology Man twice in NLBC, but you know, Apology Man made it close, and I assume these were chosen before anyone had even heard of who Hook Gang God was. So it's unfortunate he's not there. I hope he qualifies. There is a qualifier at NLBC. There's a qualifier at Wednesday Night Fights and one at Combo Breaker. So I hope that he's one of the people who qualifies because so people really want to see him. There's three more guys that'll be There's three this. more guys will be included and then assumedly five more people are guessing it'll probably be the voting system they've used for Smash. I hope not, but I mean we'll see. Has there ever been a uh, Beyond the Summit for a fighting game that wasn't Smash? If they do vote, we're, we're, I want to be in there. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's see if we can get that going I'm here. telling you I'm good at this game. I'm promising. I'm not messing around. <laughs> well, got to put your money where your mouth is, man. I'm going to try it. Um, but uh, for anybody who doesn't know what Beyond the Summit is, who wants to explain it? Okay, I'll explain it too if no one else wants to. I'm sure. <laughs> right. 
So it started as a Dota thing. It moved into Smash. It's basically like a house they have where for two or three days, however long it is, they live and breathe the game. And you see them do, you see them play the game. They usually have a tournament. They usually have fun tournaments where they pick sub characters. They do things like play Mafia and do Jenga, like the stuff that we've seen uh, Say Jam and Tasty Steve host before. It's just basically, you know, a weekend or a few days or whatever of pure, in this case, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. It's also kind of like a sleepover with sleeping yeah, bags. Yeah, it's like a sleepover and, uh, with sleeping they, bags. They tell ghost stories at night. And it's they're, they're doing a great job. They have, uh, Oh, God, what's his name? Angelic from Arizona is the TO for Summit, and that's another community name. It seems like they've done a good job so far making sure to reach out to the right people and get stuff going. So I I'm looking forward to it, regardless of uh, you know who the last eight people are. So it's going to be fun. If uh, E-League Challenger Series is on at the same time as this, what will you be watching? Oh, I mean, um, definitely this. <laughs> I don't really even have a funny joke there, but yeah, this. Um, and if this there fits is like every criteria for good, and that does not. <laughs> well, that's Ooh, like that one. sounds like a perfect segue. Uh, yeah, but before we get to that, uh, no, no, we're saving it. We're saving it for the end. Sorry, you, now you you set up the segue, and there was no segue to to be had. However, say uh, jam, you are not. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, let's leave the that work of the gods to to him. Um, if there's a tournament, based on these names here, who you got? Goichi. I mean, like what? Goichi. That's it. I, I Goichi. think the question is who finishes second. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it seems, I mean, people don't understand necessarily that Goichi, Dogura, uh, Fenrich, sometimes Koji KOG, I think Moke was there the other week, all play the same local every week. Like, they're going to get better a lot easier than everyone else is. So I don't see the gap closing anytime soon. Goichi will win this for free. All right. Uh, unless you're there? Unless, yeah, unless I'm there. I'll beat Go. I'll, I will beat Goichi if you vote me in. That's my, uh, that's my, my it's thing. On, it's on Ustream. Clip make that. It happen. Clip, Clip it. That, <laughs> that, put that all over YouTube. Put it on YouTube. I'll beat Goichi. That's pretty sure. cool, though, that they're doing uh, qualifiers at NWC and Wednesday Night Fights. Uh, Someone, I'm honest, that's going to get clipped out of context. So I'm going to get roasted for it, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, you'll just have to then deliver. I'm going to put it on event hubs. <laughs> <laughs> and not give context. Here's some more. Yeah, Goichi's free. Um, I'm the best. Yeah, here's some more. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, now to the topic of the hour, guys. Um, this is what everybody has been tweeting to us about, asking about. This has been on everybody's lips. And that is the fact that there's a new character for fighting X Slayer. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and take a look at that. Oh, the same joke gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, I really was overplayed. Who's this guy? Who is this on gun? Who's this? Well, jerk? that was Skullamania. Was right? that Skullmania? No, it wasn't Skullmania. It was Shadow Guy. Sorry. Fake that's, news. That's Swordman. Um, this is fighting EX Slayer, not fighting Layer EX. Uh, Which it should have been. Yeah, Excellent. that's Shadow Geist. Uh, that's kind of like the Zeitgeist, but more shadowy. That's uh, Sanane. Sanane. No, it's Sanane uh, is a correct pronunciation. That's Hayate, I think is how you pronounce oh, that. God. And, uh, this game is oh, great. Hate. God. Um, that's oh. some text. That's like a. I, I I'm gonna have to come over there. <laughs> Let me fast forward. Just... Look at this guy. <laughs> I mean, this is cool, man. We're getting the guy to come out and talk to us. They've been very vocal with the scene. They're working closely with Giuno, who's been a longtime part of the scene. You know, whenever we've had developers work closely with the community itself, I think things have turned out well. So that's good. And the big takeaway from this, uh, this is uh, the CEO of Arika, the, the company that's making the game, is that he came out and said, 
we want to make DLC, but we're only going to be able to do that if we hit our sales target in the first month. So making it very explicit what has to happen in order to get support uh, continued instead of just leaving it sort of nebulous. So I don't know. Some people like that approach. Some people think it's a little too buy our game or right. But, you know, it's out there. So will we see other characters? That's going to be up to uh, how sales go. And uh, speaking of just putting it all out there, if you guys uh, have an Amazon Prime account, you know you get one free sub. Why not throw it our way? It helps us keep doing what we're doing, and it makes us feel special, and we'll do a golf clap for you. Um, and, and we'll also get Donka to say word things out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say anything you want for, uh, for, a, 10, for a 9.99 sub. <laughs> Limited to three words. <laughs> to three oh, words. God. This, this will be the last episode of Best of Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the Fighting EX Lair. Um, do you have a fancy segue? CJM-esque segue for us, John? I mean, you have to talk about something else, and then we... we no, you didn't set me up for it. You're a terrible host. You know who isn't a terrible host, though, are uh, Tasty Steve and Sejam, who are hosting the uh, the brand-new Ely Challenger series, uh, which will be on TBS, on TV, and it will feature f- five, six of uh, the fighting game community's most illustrious players as they all join together in a house and do a bunch of shit, and uh, it's all going to be great, and it's going to be very... <laughs> Some people... Uh, it's it's, a, it's a reality television show, and apparently people are still doing that stuff, and uh, I don't know, it kind of it kind of makes me upset. This is the wrong But graphic. there's also a huge Sorry, part of... What? Wow. I, I have the wrong graphic up, my bad. No, uh, no, no, let, let, let's go through it, because this got announced before last week's show, but- and... We we kind of ran out of time. Yeah, but but we just cut, I accidentally cut John off. He was in the middle of telling us why he's upset, and I want to hear what well, he's upset. Why about. are you upset, John? <sighs> okay, so reality television, right? <laughs> First of all, I want to say that I don't I don't necessarily fault any of the players that are on this and everything. Fine, I get it. Also, there is a big part of everybody because you are a human being. It's like our lizard brain that's now programmed instinctually to flock towards the bullshit that is the drama of reality television. Um, But I put that stuff like one layer below Jerry Springer on on like the the entertainment television scale because it is – to me, it's like – First of all, it builds it as as real life when it totally isn't. It's very much scripted, so I feel patronized when I when I watch it, which I try not to ever. Um, but also, it, it thrives off of like the most basic person to person drama. Who's gonna be like you know dating who and who's talking shit behind who's back and like it's it's all just very fake and and very negative. And like we end up watching it because people like low tier God with personalities that have a lot of negativity associated with them come on there and they say and do outlandish things, you know, of themselves and towards other people. And, and we just eat that shit up. And I just think that, uh, it's not really kind of the thing that I want to be represented on, All right. you know, well, as, we're, we're, we're going to drill down a lot harder on that. First shout outs to smain.com a friend of ours back from the Dot Esports days. In fact, you get hey. the old, you get the dog. Thank you for the sub. Much appreciated. Um, okay, 
There's plenty more to talk about that, John. You're getting ahead of us. We all want to okay, talk about sorry. LTG and why it's the worst thing that's ever happened to the fighting game community, and I'm really upset. But first, um, Steve, can you tell us uh, what was the news that we uh, missed last time? Yeah, the they actually announced uh, right before we went on air last week that uh, they're going to do a second season of the E-League Street Fighter V Invitational. Uh, they, they haven't announced the full list of players yet, uh, but they did announce some of the details. It will be 24 players fighting for t for a quarter of a million dollars in prizing. Not bad. Uh, not bad at all. Uh, they'll be divided into four groups of six. Uh, top two from each each group go to uh, the grand finals, which will be the final day. Um, they also announced a uh, online component. Well, not really a component. It's going to be a separate event, but there will be an online tournament series run through BattleFi. Uh, the top finishers in that will uh, face each other. The top two will square off in the grand finals, which will take place during uh, the finals of the E-League Invitational. And I, and I want to say all the shit that I just talked about <laughs> their other program. I really, really appreciate this. I thought last year's production was amazing. Uh, right down to, <laughs> right down to Richard Sherman or not Richard Sherman. Uh, Richard, <laughs> Richard, <laughs> Richard Lewis, dude. <laughs> that guy. Wow. I don't like Richard Sherman. I do like Richard Lucas. Uh, as far Lucas, as him being Richard a host. Lewis, dude. <laughs> You're like over three. <laughs> Who's Richard <Whatever>. Lucas? <laughs> Who will not be there? He quit. I thought the production was good. I thought it was a very good look for the fighting game community on television, um, unlike me talking on this show right now. But uh, but yeah, I, and I'm really excited to see that this year. Even that so, time uh, that they had a security officer on the stage goofy. with K-Bread and Wolf Crone, I'm still really it, heated about that. I really didn't it was, like it as much as you're making fun of it. So, I mean, I, I actually was one of those people who was heated about it. So. Yeah, well, we have to have a sense of humor about it. Otherwise, life's too depressing. <laughs> John, back to you, pal. I mean, I, I said everything I wanted to say on that front. I liked, I like, and continue to like E League, uh, the competition, not the challenger show that we haven't even seen yet. Speaking of Richard Sherman, I mean Richard Lucas. I mean Richard Lucas. I mean Richard Lewis. Here's his Richard, quote about uh, leaving E League. He said, um, "After John mispronounced my name, I had to leave." Now, quote, after more than two years with E-League, I've decided to pursue additional opportunities in the esports industry that extend beyond full-time hosting. I'm proud of what we achieved at E-League, and I've really enjoyed working with the dedicated people at Turner and IMG. I hope I get to come back and work with them in the future. For now, though, it's time for a change. Um, you had some strong opinions about Richard Lewis. Yeah, I think he's a douchebag. Okay. So, moving on. <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say. I had... Uh, I, it's... it's interesting you know which once the camera rolls i don't think many people have a problem with him you know right. he does he 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 started he said aside from the security the guard thing i thought it was fine yeah right he said right from the beginning he's not necessarily a um a guy who's super knowledgeable about the game but he put the co-host the analyst in position to to shine and do well in that situation his online persona obviously why would you do that? I, I, I don't get it. But, you know, as a host and only as a host, he, d he did a fine job. He, so. he does his job. He, he executed what he was supposed to do on the event well, I thought. This yeah. dude has uh, my respect because 
uh, even though he does shady shit, which I think is questionable, and I don't agree with his uh, social media practices and all that, and there's a bunch of questionable shit, but like, so whatever, right? Um, the the dude back in the day was preeminent esports journalist back in the dot esports days. He broke stories that brought down uh, corrupt uh, Counter Strike leagues and uh, uncovered all kinds of um, game fixing or match fixing and all that stuff. So like, the dude is on the right side of some things, I guess. And he has a huge persona and a lot of notoriety and a big, large following. And the fact that, uh, to a degree, he loaned us some of that for fighting games, I think helped us out a little bit in expanding our footprint. Um, so I give him some credit. I don't think he's a douchebag. I have spoken to him personally. Oh, I know he's a douchebag, but... <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Look, I, I watched There's seven no thought last involved. night. I watched... I watch that movie once every like two years or so. Which one? I think Kevin Space Seven. I think Kevin Space is a great actor. Uh, is he a, is he an awesome oh, person? Well, outside okay, of we've acting? gone way past no. the scope of where we maybe should but go. But I appreciate his movies, and I appreciate. I, I, I see where you're going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now we can move on to bigger and better things. <laughs> Stop stirring shit up, along. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, back to this whole E-League thing. Um, what's this next slide you got for us, uh, Steve? Oh, uh, this is just the, uh, the the schedule of events? Yeah. So well, no Yeah, just uh, you give us a with quick uh, paraphrase on that. Yeah, no uh, conflict with Combo Breaker this year. Uh, it's going to start with the the Challenger series, uh, five-parter, uh, which we'll, we'll dive into in a second. Uh, you'll have a season preview the final weekend of May, and then uh, the first four weekends of June, you'll have group play. Uh, two weeks later, uh, two weekends off, and then the finals on July 13th. So you're going to have 13 weeks of Street Fighter-related content on TV. That is not a small investment. Yeah. Yeah. Shout-outs. And in that super uh, state-of-the-art, beautiful studio that they have there at Turner, which is great. Okay. Um, E-League, the Challenger, Street Fighter V. We have participants for that. If you don't know what it is, basically there's a spot open on the actual show that we were just discussing. And they basically put everybody in a house, real world style. They're going to have challenges. Whoever wins the Challenger uh, gets that spot on the actual show. People that have been uh, uh, cast on this show are Commander Jesse, Dayasha, Guilty, JB, Low Tier God, Rob TV, and Shergenics. And this was open casting. There was a casting call for this put out many, many months ago. So yeah, you said one of our these boys people here in Austin did. made Yeah, someone in Austin, Tommy Tuesday made it pretty far, but yeah, these are the guys who were chosen. Now, and girls. Uh, of course, we have Shergenics coming on in about 15 minutes to talk about this. Of and course, other I mean, things, we needed someone to defend what we are all going to talk trash about. So <laughs> immediately people were upset when they saw the low-tier god, LTG, Dylan or Dylan Sparrow, Dylan Sparrow, I think he pronounces it. I'm trying to get it right. Um, because that guy uh, can rustle some jimmies. Um, who wants to take it? I, I, I have something I want to say, but I don't know if I should start right off the bat with it. I mean, I have a lot of gripes with the show outside of that, but I mean, if you want to talk about obviously Low Tier God is a well-known name in the scene. Um, I don't necessarily, I'm not even going to get into my own opinion on the guy. I'm just going to say that he has said many completely beyond bad things publicly. I think even he would admit that. 
And um, that is where a lot of this controversy is coming, is whether someone who has said some of the things he has said, which go, I mean, publicly to making fun of the handicapped, among many other things, being racist, being banned from Twitch for being racist, all sorts of things, should be cast on a show like this. That is what it comes down to. Yeah. For a lot of people. And, and like, when you have, I, I get the allure, like that, that TMZ side of us that's like, I want to see what LTG says, right? And so you have them on a show like this that kind of thrives off of that, like, real basic he said, she said drama between people. And, and you watch it. But why do we watch it? If you think about it for a second, because... Because part of you wants to see what is LTG going to say and do today, you know, and and then sure enough, you know, he'll I don't know. I haven't seen the show, obviously, but like if he does do something, if he says something racist, misogynistic uh, against the handicap, whatever, that negative thing, then then what's the allure of that to us? Why is that exciting? Is it because like you go, well, now I feel like I'm a little bit better than that other human being and you're like stepping on essentially on him for for being shitty and you feel better about yourself like that's what i think these kinds of shows tend to thrive off of and that's like kind of my main gripe with it and and i feel like watching that kind of entertainment or or going to that avenue for entertainment is is ultimately a really negative thing both for the the viewer and for the person that we're watching so that's that's kind of my main gripe in the chat here we have uh captain farrakhan saying freedom of speech is dead that has nothing to do with it you can say whatever the hell he wants but there's the perception that he's being rewarded for it, right? Um, and Broly, Mike Begum, who's a friend of mine, tweets out uh, not only his response to it, which is like, wow, I guess the way to make it ahead in this is to be a piece of shit. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. You should read his own tweet. But he also linked a video that was a compilation of what LTG said about him. And I swear by the end of it, I was... I mean, it's honestly Reason. unbelievable, right? And, like, I mean, as a friend of Broly's, and you're even closer to a friend of Broly's than me, Broly tried out for the show, right? He said that. And, I mean, it's just, like, he's a better player. He's got a more interesting story. There's a lot behind it. I mean, when I was watching this trailer, basically what happened was, because LTG doesn't come on until the end, I was like, for me, it doesn't really make any sense in the first place because I don't understand what Street Fighter has anything to do with this based on the people they've chosen. Um, there's two players that are way better than everybody else. Other players seem to be chosen for various other reasons. Um, I don't see how it connects to wh how is the challenger really a theme when you're not really picking players that would challenge the players on the actual E-League Invitational itself. You saw no Street Fighter footage in the entire trailer, and then you come down to that. And for me, none of it really worked. So I am not a fan. My my one concern, obviously, I'm 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 not even gonna talk about my personal feelings on low tier guy being part of the show. What my concern is this: someone either inside or outside the FGC news sphere will come across that video and report it and bring it up to Turner Sports and say, "Hey, why is this guy on the show when he said this, this, and this?" And they're either gonna say, "We weren't aware of that," which how do you not? do that's mm -hmm. like one the only thing he's known for is stuff like that how do you not know that or we were aware and brought him on anyway and i think that would be even a worse look for for turner and by association us because you know like it or not this is going to be part of what's presented to um to the rest of the world as the fgc and you know what it's not going to be on turner's responsibility to make the fgc look great you know their their responsibility is to put on an, a show that people will watch 
So I understand why they did it. I just think it's that this particular choice was a bit short-sighted. Yeah, and I mean, just to, to reiterate, I don't have any ill will for any of the people who decided to be on the show despite this. Um, there's obviously a lot involved in being on TV and getting chosen for something like this, and I understand why people go ahead and do it. But I think it is very clear in my mind that LTG did not deserve this opportunity. And I think it's, in my opinion, such a bad representation that I will totally not watch the show. So. See, the, the best comparison I have to the point you were making is uh, the show The Ultimate Fighter. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but mm -hmm. it's a it's a reality show based on UFC. They bring in fighters from outside the organization. They have them compete in a competition. The winner gets, you know, there's obviously a lot of drama in there. There's obviously a lot of, you know, oh, I'm going to destroy you, all that. But whoever wins gets a UFC contract, and then they have to fight against other established UFC competitors. And this is going to be the same thing. I don't, it, it, it bothers me that the gap between the competitiveness of the players selected and the competitiveness, uh, competitive level of the players we're going to most likely see invited to the uh, Invitational directly is so big. Yeah, there's like, a couple exceptions. Like, I mean, Rob TV, JB, and Commander Jesse are all like respectable. You know, like not respectable is a bad word. They are all high-level Street Fighter Five players who have done well in tournaments. But the other four, not so much. And, and, and what's questionable to me is like there are other players who fill the villain role. Who, who? You could have had a champ on play there. the game at a much higher level. Now I don't know if any of them applied to be on here. If any of them tried out. But I, I, I would just love to see some players, if this wasn't for $250,000, I would be looking at this a lot differently. But this is still one of the biggest opportunities for fighting game players. And I would like to personally see it go to the best, the best players, period. And there's going to be some players on the outside of that 24-player list looking at someone like, like an LTG thinking... I'm way better than him. Why am I not competing for that money? Yeah. You know, are are you are you planning on watching watching it for any reason, you know, uh, Steve? I feel like it, it's going to be tough for me just because of when it's on, you know, Friday night and having work responsibilities early Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do feel like a responsibility to at least watch it, to follow it, to to report here. You know, just like for other events, mm -hmm. e even if I necessarily don't want to watch myself, I, I do feel that responsibility. That makes sense. Um, we put that out as a question of the day. Uh, we asked uh, people on our Twitter uh, to tell us, will you be watching the new E-League Street Fighter Five reality show? And these were some of the responses. Steve, you want to do that or you want me to? Um, you can go ahead. All right. Noble Ali says, of course, reality TV is a car crash TV that people love watching. And I'm sure most people who are smart will be able to distinguish the show from, quote, representing the FGC. The Starving Gamer says, no, as much as I love the casting, does a good job of showcasing our diversity. I refuse to support anything that gives LTG a platform because he's exactly what I don't want more of in the FGC. Uh, the Purple Sharpie says... It's really strange to me that they put the show on cable broadcast with a growing popular moving to streaming solutions. 
to be honest, I'm getting a TV subscription to watch it, but I don't think many other people will. Wish they had a streaming service to watch it on. Jared Zerb says, if I wanted to see personal drama in Mediocre Street Fighter, I would much rather watch the T-Hawk Duncan run back two of you oh, in three years. Damn, dog. <laughs> oh, man, that's pretty good. Did you read that? Did you read any of these before? <laughs> no. Why would I do that? Good. All right. Uh, Adumir says, I'm hashtag feeling guilty that I can't watch because I don't have the channel. Apparently, there's no Twitch stream, but go guilty. Uh, Bloomtune says, if anyone picks anything, but I definitely will. It's because we had a, a poll going on it. You're lying to yourselves. Um, you know, of that poll, uh, that's still open for uh, till tomorrow. As of right now, uh, 60% of responders say they either definitely won't or don't think they will watch uh, the series. 22% think they will, and 18% say they definitely will be watching. Uh, you know, we're going to talk to Sherry Jennings about it in about five minutes, and we'll hit her up and we'll get her opinion and see what the experience was like and such. But um, And there's, I mean, you know, I feel bad about it in a lot of ways because I'm sure there's a lot of good things that are going to come as a result of this show. As people said, it's a good, it's a good show of diversity in the scene. It's, um, it's a lot of people who have legitimately been part of the scene for a long time. Every single name on there is quite relevant in the Street Fighter V scene today. Um, there, there's good things about it, but I just don't think that shouting horrible things and then getting a sap story about how you've learned not to say them should be a path to success. Yeah, and I, I absolutely, you know, if it wasn't tied to uh, directly to this big money invitational, I would have a different feeling about that. Mm -hmm. If this big money invitational also had a way for players to directly play their way in, uh, if there was some sort of open qualifier, I would have a different feeling about this show. But because you have a situation where y you get to hand choose who gets this great opportunity, and one of those spots is going to be determined by something that is widely, that's going to be at least partially or largely outside of how well they play Street Fighter, that rubs me the wrong way. All right, um, before we go, before we let, and in this case, we're going to mix things up a little bit. Mike will be bouncing out, so will Steve, but John will stay on to help us do the interview with Sherry Jennings. Uh, looking forward to that. I think it's the first time we do that, right? You and I, John? You and I, first time. Right on. Um, hey, we just got another hey, uh, sub. I'm blocking Let's get a little uh, clap room going. Let's go and die by sword, I think. Um, yep, die by sword. Uh, we did have people in the chat saying, what do we think about uh, the apparent beef between Valle and Watson? Keep in mind that we had Watson on last week, and we asked him, why put your weekly on the same day? And if you want the answer, you have to go back and watch that archive. Um, does anybody have any parting words or thoughts on that? <clears throat> on Watson and Valle? Yep. I think, I mean, we've literally heard the same answer from Watson for like, Two-year gap, right? Where once he said it when they were opening it, he said they were going to do it on Wednesday, and now that they've opened it, he's doing it on Wednesday. He he has this thing where Valle, you know, cut him out of it, and he wants to compete there, so, and that's not going to change. So, we, you know, we don't know all the backstory, right? Although it looks like they keep teasing and giving it out. But um, I feel like Valle is being pretty uh, civilized or political in his responses and saying, 
it should be a group effort. We shouldn't be cannibalizing our uh, patrons. Oh, yeah. I mean, Watson is, is pretty forward about the fact that he's doing it at least partially out of spite. So, I mean, that's, that's just what it is. Um, <laughs> and, I, I mean, it's easy for, for by no disrespect intended for him, um, it's easy for him to take that position because he has the already established, already successful Wednesday thing going. So him, so if like, oh, we should work together, hint, hint, you should probably move your, your event. That, that's a lot easier for him to do than if it were the other way around. So uh, again, I don't know all the details, but. I think for everyone's sake, everyone kind of hopes that he does move it because I think it'd be better for the scene if he did, but I mean. Are you saying Watson or Viya? I mean, I guess whomever, but you would think logically it would be Watson, given that Valle well, has held down Wednesday for like four years now. So I think that there's a is an easy uh, an easy solution that no one's really kind of getting at, and that's if Watson just has a tournament on Wednesday night that starts at like 7 p.m. Then you can have everyone can finish that and go over to Valle's <laughs> arena for Thursday morning fights, and then we could have the best of both worlds. You know, Sorry, uh, NLBC. Like I don't know. There's gonna be there's there's gonna be competition somewhere, but at least those two can be good. But at least on some level, the the idea that you're splitting a community, competition's good. Just let it rock. Uh, see what's what. Uh, or c c can the scene? I mean, it's California of all places. Can it sustain two? You know, bifurcated. Either it sustains two and they figure out their thing, or it doesn't and Watson moves it by force. So I mean, one of those two is probably gonna happen. Uh, we had, I was seeing that uh, Sherry was uh, vlogging uh, from uh, Super Arcade, so I'm curious to hear her opinion on the whole thing. Uh, she's got a lot to uh, add to the conversations this week because she's on the E-League show. She was there at Super Arcade and uh, a bunch of other topics we don't usually get to talk about with our regular guests. And also she's in the Kali main, so you know John's ready. One more problem with, uh, with the show, it's been pre-taped. So we're going to get to see John B. win with pre-patch Rashid. All right. Uh, guys, uh, <laughs> we're going to let... Uh, when, when are we going to see that, that battle that we've been teasing for two years? When's it going to... I think based on that question of the day answer, the answer is never. I th John, you agree, Yeah, right? I think based on the size of your huevos, uh, the <laughs> question is never. Hey, you coming down to Tuxedo Showdown? Uh, I'll try. You coming down to... Oh, I don't even know if Absolute Battle is a thing anymore. Are you coming down to uh, the uh, DreamHack in Austin? Isn't that coming up like immediately? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I'll try. I'm going to try to go to as many events as I can, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how the financial situation works out. Maybe we can get people to <laughs> donate for that. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. But yeah. if it's IRL, I will play you. If it's online, I'm throwing my uh, excuses God. and saying no. Yeah. We'll, we'll get somebody to stream that. Or at least Can I, or actually, should I blow up Efren right now, or should I not blow yes. him up? Blow me up, dude. Efren PM'd me when John <laughs> was in no. top eight of of the NCR Street Fighter Four tournament <laughs> and went, "Wait, was John sandbagging?" No, that's not what I said. I can pull up the car. I said, "Dude, are there any Gokens in Austin?" Are there I any Gokens? Because I wanted to get a little practice in. Um, I didn't say it was John Sandbag. You did. I can pull up the, the, we'll the messages. See. But yeah, but thanks, dude. What a piece of shit. Anyway, get the fuck out of here. We got an interview to do. Uh, thank you for watching uh, the panel portion of the show. We have our interview next coming up with uh, Sherry. 
Thanks for being on the show, Mike. I'm glad that you uh, imparted that last little nugget. Felt like it needed to happen. <laughs> All right. See you next week, Mike. Son of a gun. Um, okay, so I think we accidentally just hung up on our Skype call, so you just got me for a sec. So I'm going to tell you about the time that I beat John Velociraptor Guerrero at my own house playing Street Fighter IV Ultra. No, uh, just playing. So we have Sherry Genics on, um, and the things that we're going to talk to her about um, for this interview will be, of course, Ely. How was her experience? How did that go? Um, we're going to get her opinion on LTG. I personally reached out to Guilty and asked her how she felt about the backlash on it. And she says people are overblowing it, give it a chance, and that I hope I'm not revealing too much, but that it has a satisfying conclusion, that storyline. So, um, I mean, again, the, 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 the beef with it is the fact that uh, this dude's acting like as a result of his good actions he's been awarded the opportunity to be on the show which you know people are not happy about but we'll also be talking to sherry about uh super arcade versus esports grassroots versus esports and she kind of has an opinion on that because she's uh you know on e-league and also a patron of super arcade of course we'll have john um break down some of that nikali tech and uh then we're going to ask her what everybody wants to know what's it like to be a girl gamer this is what john really wanted <laughs> to ask her about hey sherry are you there Hey, can you guys see me? We can't see you, but we can hear you. How do I turn on the video? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, Are you on your iPhone or? I'm on my yeah. iPhone. Oh. Hold on, I think I might hold, have this. Hold until we get uh, Sherry on. Ooh. I got it. Hey, got it. there you are. All right. So uh, up, could guys? you uh, move the camera up a little bit so we can see more of your face? Uh, right oh, now you're cutting like, your head off a little more, a little more, more, a little, little more. more. Boom, got it. There you are. Okay. And, All right, cool. Uh, hey, Sherry, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, doing well. John? So I'm, Sherry, I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sherry, who won uh, E-League the Challenger? Uh, I wish I could tell you, but I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. I know uh, uh, scheduling was a little bit tricky, but you managed to uh, squeeze in some time for us. Uh, so, right off the bat, thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. I uh, snuck off into the conference room at my workplace. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're grateful. Um, let's talk about. Let's start with E League. Um, so this was like an open casting call kind of thing. Uh, did you sign up? And uh, how soon did you know that you had made the show? Uh, yeah, it was open casting. I sent over an application. It was actually pretty quick. They responded to my email pretty soon. Um, and there was a process. There was an interview, Skype call all that, and then uh, there was at least three Skype calls that I went through before I started receiving more emails about like, you know, you're probably gonna be on the show, then here's a contract, okay, now you're officially on the show, um, you know, let's let's start doing recordings. Yeah, and w when did this whole thing, uh, when did the show proper get taped? It's, it's already all done, right? I mean, obviously. We'll get her by the end of this. We'll get some information out of her. Okay. Don't you just I, wait. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to discuss that. Whether oh, okay. or not it's, um, yeah. Okay. Because I know I'm not really supposed to discuss the timeline of the show. Gotcha. Um, but obviously, uh, late, late. I mean, it doesn't matter. All right. So then <laughs> the trailer drops, right? And that's the first that a lot of people yeah. had heard of it. And um, I think a lot of people are happy with the casting. There's some interesting people, some recognizable faces, yourself included. Um, before we get into LTG, how did you? What was the response for you being uh, on that trailer? Uh, 
actually, for me, I think most of my response is positive. Um, I think a lot of people kind of expected me to fulfill the, oh, we need a girl on the show. So it wasn't really a surprise to a lot of people. So I didn't get too much negative feedback. Obviously, the only negative feedback would be like, you know, she's not good enough to be on E-League. But that's whatever. Um, and of course, those people probably don't know that you've been in the scene for a long time. And uh, later in the interview, we'll get into that. Um, certainly, you have a right to be on the show just as much as anybody else. Um, what was the experience like being on that show? It's actually a great experience, and I feel like they captured it really well. So I, I was tuned into the show with my headphones on while I was at work, and I was just kind of listening to everyone's opinion on the show, what they think about it, what they don't like about it. John, I know you don't like a lot about it. Uh, there's there's a lot to address. I just don't know if you guys want me to go into it right now or you guys want me to save that for later if you have a question or not. John, do you want her to get into uh, I it mean, now? I, or? I, I do want to know... Um, okay, so I guess like to, to kind of like file this into like more bite-sized pieces, like, uh, so how do you feel about the idea of having a reality TV show in like the fighting game community? We'll just start there. Yeah. Okay, so I remember you mentioning that you don't like the idea of the reality TV show because scripted drama, uh, you know, we might get perceived in the wrong way, and just a lot of, a lot of negative perception can come out from it. Um, again. The whole scripted drama, I addressed this earlier. It's it's not scripted at all. And I know uh, Ace King Offsuit. Sorry, I don't know his real name. Steve. Um, Steve. Okay. Steve, so, Steve, yeah. so Steve mentioned that it was manufactured drama. And I tweeted back to him, like, I just want you to know that none of this is scripted. And he mentioned that it might not necessarily be scripted, but you're putting LTG with, like, Guilty. Like, that's what the trailer was about, the beef between Guilty and LTG. And... Um, I can see what everybody is saying about the manufactured drama, but I can tell you that everything that happened in that house, everything that was recorded was genuine. And I actually think, you know, back in the days, I used to say if we were able to capture what really went on in the FGC, like, you know, I've been to the FGTV house. I stayed with FChamp, CJ, Ricky, all those people. I stayed in Justin's gaming house in Vegas. Uh, I went to the Pie House in New York. Like, I've been to multiple gaming houses throughout the U.S., and the FGC in itself just has a lot of drama. And it's not necessarily personal beef. There's just drama within the game, you know, people talking shit to each other. Uh, you know, my character's better than yours, and then you have, you know, the battles, the famous Sanford bat battles, like, I'm better than you, I'm better than you, but you're winning because of your character, your game. It's just right. a lot of that. And that that's real. Like, that's not something that can be faked. And if, and that happens on the show. Like, everything that happened on the show is something that's entertaining, yes. Exciting, yes. But um, definitely not fake. Have, have you had a chance to watch the episodes in their final form yet? Not... Oh. Okay. I've, seen little, I've seen little clips. I've seen clips. I yeah, haven't that... seen full episodes. So, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert. Uh, I, I, we did a little bit of studying the way reality television works. Cause, um, I guess I went to, to, that was my major in, in college was just film and, and media and such. 
and a lot of the uh, a lot of the magic for reality television happens in like the editing room and so like something like you said everything that happened there was was not manufactured right when and and they just got all this this footage of you guys playing and doing whatever the events that you're supposed to do you know um during the show were but then like during the editing they'll like oh have someone say something and make it look as though they were saying it to someone else when they really weren't things like that i'm not saying that's what e-league did because i haven't yeah. seen the episodes of course but that kind of stuff can kind of happen and i think that would be more of the like the manufactured part of it um and and again a lot of these questions aren't answered until the the thing actually airs and we actually get to see it people are going to watch it um but i would think that would be more of where the uh like you said the manufactured part comes from yeah i i can understand that um again i haven't seen the full episodes i don't think anyone besides like the appropriate parties have seen all the episodes but I've gotten very good feedback. So, and the appropriate parties have very good opinions on what the general public would like and the FGC because uh, the people that I do know are very well known or higher up in the FGC. Um, and they all said it looks good. Like there's, so if it has their approval and they're saying that it's a positive outlook for us, I trust them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that uh, that Steve Ace King was talking about right before we kind of cut over to this interview was that his one of the big gripes that he had with this was that it is essentially spilling over into a a majorly competitive event, and then it feels like maybe this um, this show in and of itself isn't as competitive, you know, and and it's like. Uh, I wonder, without obviously spoilers or anything, I know that you're pretty restricted in what you can talk about and what you can't with all of this, but how much of this was like legitimate Street Fighter competition versus stuff like, you know, LTG is going to play with a blindfold on while Guilty is, you know, <laughs> sitting on a dunk tank and if she loses, she falls into the water, stuff like that, you know, that kind yeah. of gimmicky matches. Like how much of it, in your opinion, and with how much you can say, is actual representation of skill between players and more of it versus, you know, gimmicky stuff? Yeah. Uh, I heard Steve mention that earlier, and um, I can tell you that all the challenges were Street Fighter based on skill. Uh, I can't tell you when. There may have been one or two that was kind of wacky, kind of wonky, and we expressed to them that we didn't really like those kind of challenges. But Mm -hmm. the majority, I would say 80%, was strictly skill and like what would normally happen in, I wouldn't say in tournament because not necessarily a two out of three format type of thing but everything was based off of skill like there there's upsets but not in the way that you would think like not a traditional upset fair to, to, to all the haters out there and we'll get into the ltg topic here next but to all the haters out there uh like my boy mike who just left um <laughs> should they watch this show yeah uh you know i did see the poll earlier about how everybody a majority of people put, oh, I definitely will not, which I do think is a lie. People are just, like, outright hating. Um, look, so what I think is there's seven people that's been casted on this show. Nobody on this show is a random. Uh, as much as people hate LTG, he has been in the scene for a very long time. All of us, besides New Blood, which is JB and Rob TV, have been in the scene and worked really hard. And JB and Rob TV themselves have worked hard ever since they got into the scene. So... There's seven players in this house, and as much as you want to hate LTG and say, oh, I'm not going to watch the show because LTG is on in, if I watch it, it's supporting him, I don't think that's necessarily true. There's six other players that worked hard to get to where they were, and we might not be the best players. Um, To me, that's what the Invitational is for. But 
I think we all deserve a spot on a show where we can display our skills because we're definitely not all scrubs on the show. And I think all of us have a great personality and it's very dynamic. And to me, it kind of sucks where it's like you will hate one of the seven players that are on the show, but you say you support the other six. So you're saying the 14.3% of the people that you hate on the show, you will not watch. Like Mm -hmm. you hate this person that you don't know enough where you won't support the other six. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't really make sense to me because I think if you support the show, you watch the show um, and you know, it ends up getting good ratings. It ends up getting a lot of viewers. uh, It, can only help the FGC because what if they want to do a season two based on the success mm-hmm. of season one? Then you get a whole new seven cast. LTG is probably not going to be on it. I don't know who they're going to invite on it, but it's just a way to display like the up and coming players because that is what Raw TV is to me. Uh, that's what Guilty is. Actually, that's what most of us are because some people don't even know who JB is. Although JB like, is the best Rashid player in the US, he's gotten top eight at SCR, you know, multiple tournaments. So, I, I think it's just a really good opportunity for the FTC. So, and obviously we have you on, not LTG, and the show's not about LTG, but I do want to uh, yeah. hear your response to what happened, you know, about this whole LTG thing. Is it overblown? Uh, do we just need to wait and see? Is it justified? <sighs> I mean, you've heard some of the shit he says about women, yeah. uh, other players, his, his, his demeanor, and what really um, pisses me off is the way he treated Broly, of course. Yeah, of course. I cannot... I obviously cannot speak for him. This is all his actions, and I obviously would not condone anything that he's said in the past and done before. Um, and if you watch the trailer, like um, it's my voice who says, I will fight LTG if he says anything to yeah. me, to my face. Uh, but I can't discuss what goes on in the show. I think um, people are overthinking it a lot, though, but I can't blame them because they only have what they know to go off on. Uh, but I just, it, it's a little blown out of proportion in my opinion. Um, but he does, he has said a lot of crazy things and I can't really, I, I don't have an explanation for that. I don't have a band-aid for that. And I understand why people would say like, how can you ever support someone like that? Blah, 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 blah. So that's why I kind of try to change the focus of the tension from, no, this show isn't the LTG show. This show is about seven of us. Like, there's seven of us playing Street Fighter and competing for this. And there's six other players that, like, I've seen Brawley Legs tweet about, like, oh, I guess I have to be this and this and this to be on the show. But that was only one person he was describing. What about the other six? Like, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not that. So, obviously, you do have a chance of making it on the show as well without being what you think uh, LTG is. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Um... Shall we move on from Ely? Is there anything else you want to leave us with on that topic before we move on? Um, just mainly, I think, if you are a fan of the FGC, you should watch the show. Like, despite how much you hate one person on the show, you should make the effort to support the FGC and watch it because I think it's going to be a great show. I think it's going to represent us very well. And please believe me when I say, like, they're not going to look at this and be like, oh, LTG's on the show FGC must be racist. The FGC must be a bigot and all, all types of things. Um, and to me, it's going to be really positive for us because there's a lot of people that I personally know outside the FGC that are really excited to watch it. Um, they've told other friends, like, I went, I was at a car show the other day and, you know, my friends are like, hey, that's my friend. She's going to be on TBS. You should watch it. Everybody should watch it. And 
you know, everybody at the show was really excited to see a show about Street Fighter. Okay. Right on. Okay. Um, I'm going to say right here on the show, I will watch the show. And if I wasn't <laughs> convinced, you. now I am. And we probably should all watch it, and it's to support the FGC, as you say. All right. So moving on, there's a topic that comes up regularly on the show, and that's um, the drive towards what we call esports versus what the FGC used to be or this romanticized vision of what it used to be, grassroots and such. And, um, you know, that's the next topic. But I feel like it's uh, immortalized or most evident in what's happening right now between potentially Super Arcade and Valle, you know, Watson with Super Arcade and Valle with uh, Esports Arena. First of all, is there, uh, are those two like uh, on opposite ends or is it all the same thing and, and we're just doing it for the drama here? So, no, they are on opposite ends. Uh, being from SoCal, um, you know, I've been to the very original ones like Fight Sets when I first started competing when it was in Shigo's Garage. And then I was there when they moved it to Super Arcade. And, you know, now it's at Esports Arena. And it's, it's really unfortunate because it's kind of like we're the kids, like the community are the kids, and you're seeing mom and dad fight, and they're going through a divorce, and they're trying to pull you to one side, pull you to the other side. And you don't really know what to do. Like, uh, you know, it's kind of like one side is trying to tell you, you have to be on my side. If you love me, then you would be on my side. Um, so it's, it's a really unfortunate situation. And I hope that both parties don't take it personal when, you know, one, like if a player decides to go to Super Arcade instead of Wednesday Fights or when a player decides to go to Wednesday Fights and not Super Arcade. Like, I hope they don't take it personal because us as a community are put in a very rough spot. And everyone that I've spoken to want to go to both. Everybody wants to support both people. Uh, but obviously the event is both on Wednesday night, so we won't be able to support both uh, at the same time. Would, would you tell Watson, like, hey, bro, why, why, why put it on a Wednesday? I will not tell Watson that because uh, if, if you know Watson, I know Watson's been on the show. You cannot change his mind. And, yeah. you know, he's someone who's very strong-minded, and I don't blame him. Like, I, I'm i not going to talk about everything that's happened, but I can feel for him and feel where he's coming from. And that doesn't mean that I hate Vi or anything, because I do support Vi. But I feel kind of closer to Watson in the sense where I was there when we were fighting to get his arcade open in Azusa. You know, I went there and spoke on the podium to the city council. So all of us in this community has worked really hard to get Super Arcade open. And Vi is already in a good spot. He has Esports Arena. He has the stream. He already has numbers. He already has the staff. Whereas Watson, this is his grand opening for his Super Arcade, something that we all grew from. And he might not have the manpower. He might not have the backing that Vi has right now. So I'm kind of swaying towards to just supporting Super Arcade a bit more. More so because I, I support Watson a lot. And, you know, he he's going to have a harder time getting the event up. Mm. Yeah, I really feel like, like, I mean, what I know about the situation, I'm obviously kind of uh, removed from it now being out in Arizona. But, I mean, was there through... All of Super Arcade, where where they were, you know, wham bam, shaking bacon it together. Where Watson was the arcade owner, and and Vi brought, you know, like the the production and everything. And it was it was good, and it was harmonious. And it and and now like with with this split here, uh, obviously it all sucks very bad. But I'm like, man, I get it. I get why Watson would want to. 
I mean, emotions are running high, and there's it's been a very hellacious road to get Super Arcade back open, and 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 there's a rift there. But I really wish that it would be like, hey, maybe I'll do it on Thursday night, maybe I'll do it on Friday night, whatever. So it's not like a direct competition because I'm really afraid, and I think that this is a pretty valid concern that um, one is going to cannibalize the other. And if you're a Super Arcade just trying to get your feet off the ground, you know, uh, I think that's a maybe not the smartest move so I, i'm i'm pretty reserved about the whole thing like i'm, I'm, I'm kind of cautious about it I, I don't think it's a good move on watson's part i get it but i don't think it's a good move well from going to the stop opening at super arcade last friday i can tell you that uh he does have a lot of support from the locals because when i went to super arcade i've seen people i have not seen in a very very long time like johnny cupcakes um you know kino even showed up a huh. lot of people like that I've never seen at Esports Arena showed up to Super Arcade. And I know that those numbers will show up. And even the Marvel 2 crew, I believe they're going to be showing up to Super Arcade also. So he is getting a lot of backing from the OG players. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily say that it might be a loss for Watson if he went head-to-head -head with Bai. It's just, I feel like it's more of an inconvenience for the players, not necessarily the owners. Because I think eventually things will start swaying or it'll just split 50-50. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, Sherry, you've been in the scene for a long time, um, and it seems like Super Arcade has been a big part of that. What um, are some of your memories of, of Super Arcade or of your time in the FGC that you, know, that you can tell yeah, us Yeah, there's a lot of memories. I mean, the I think my biggest memory... Actually, I have a lot of memories. Let's see. Carrying there's Anton. Well, yeah, well, there's carrying Anton, a uh, Filipino man. I piggybacked him because nobody believed me that I could piggyback him. <laughs> I also piggybacked Yipes, which is where it started, because Anton didn't believe that I piggybacked Yipes as CEO a couple years ago. So I told him that I would be able to piggyback him. Um, anyways, there's, there's, like, a lot of beginnings from Super Arcade. Uh, if you know, like, Chris Terrian, Mark Teddy, Brent, Lucan, Air, like, they all started coming to Super Arcade, and they all started shit with the original Super Arcade crew, which is yeah. Kino, Johnny Cupcakes, Blockbuster John, all those people, and they were saying, you know, if we come through to Super Arcade, we'll body all of you guys. We're better than you guys. And they used to be known as a DRS crew. So we did, like, a DRS versus Super Arcade. Obviously, Kino messed them all up, and, <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's the history. So they started coming to Super Arcade every day, and I remember Brent's first Wednesday night fights, I beat him and eliminated him from Wednesday Night Fights, yep. and I'll never <laughs> let him live that down. Uh, just There's just so much history, you know? So I feel like that history kind of moved on to eSports Arena, but the, the feel is a little different because the origins aren't there anymore. Mm. Like, uh, I feel like there's no story kind of like that that stemmed from eSports Arena. It was all during the arcade days. If they did a uh, Super Arcade versus Wednesday Night Fights like exhibition match, somehow, some mythical uh, matches here in the chat, uh, <laughs> I'm curious to see, what team would you be on? Uh, You're making a pick sides, but I want to know, too, what team would you be on? <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest, I haven't been a Wednesday, Arcade, Wednesday Night Fights for, like, five months. Um, Esports Arena is about an hour drive for me. Uh, and it used to end at four in the morning, three, four in the morning. And I would get home at five in the morning and I had to wake up at eight for work. So I was just like, you know, what? I, I'm not young anymore. I can't do this. Like Chris, the Terry and the Brett and them, they're still very young so they can handle the no sleep. I can't do that anymore. 
Uh, and Super Arcade is only 20 minutes from me, and they're starting their tournaments at 8 p.m. So nice. it's going to end earlier. It's closer to me. Uh, and the competition, I feel like the, the skill level will still be there for me to get good practice in. All right, so Super Arcade, got it. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> interesting, you're talking about competition and such. Uh, after Arcade Edition dropped, it seemed like there was a mass exodus from the uh, the Nikali Boys group, right? Yeah. Where Haitani dropped them, uh, Kami dropped them. I think, Va is Vagabond still playing him? I don't know. Vagabond don't, I don't is still playing him. Eventually, Phenom dropped him, too. Kind of. Right, so, he no. Yeah, because Phenom was entertaining yeah. other others, and so people were yeah, saying, like, Sherry's, like, the only one left that's playing Nikali. Obviously, that's inaccurate, because I'm still here, guys. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to travel, ask, though. what are your... Nah, not as well. I'm, I'm trying to now, but, yeah, I have to start placing when I travel and stuff, too. It's hard. Uh, but what do you what do you think about um, about the character nowadays in, in Street Fighter? Is he, still, is he still good? Is he viable? Is, is he terrible? What do you think? Okay, I always thought he was viable. Um, he will always be a strong character due to his tool set. It's just kind of unfortunate that uh, he lost to the other top tiers. Like, he loses to Kami. He loses... Mm -hmm. I feel like he loses to Guile. For some reason, some people don't think that. Um, Karen, I think he kind of struggles against Akuma. Uh, there's actually a lot of the top-tier characters that he struggles with. Anybody who has faster walk speed, better buttons, I think will automatically beat Nikali because his walk speed outside of V-Trigger is very slow. Very slow buttons. Strong buttons, but very slow. So um, he can fight. It's just a bit harder for him to fight compared to the other top-tier characters. Have you uh, have you found a way to implement any of his new stuff? He's got obviously the two new V trigger moves, um, yeah. and we rarely see V trigger one at all. I've actually been experimenting with it myself, but I haven't found a bunch of great stuff. Just some little setups I, and whatnot. I've actually tried to figure out some stuff where I would choose V trigger one over V trigger two. Uh, I I haven't tried it. I haven't tested it yet, but I've been theory theorizing about it in my head, where I would use V trigger one versus characters. With better buttons because although it's negative on block, it would still close the gap. So it would be like versus characters like Chun Li and Cami because V Trigger 2, I feel like, is a setup only kind of V Trigger. Mm -hmm. Like you knock them down, you get the meaty, they block, and then it's 50 50 mix up after that. Whereas V Trigger 1 is a button that actually moves you and it'll put you right next to them, even if I'm minus two on block. And which plus is something it's, I don't oh. mind doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, and since no one has seen it yet, everyone thinks that whenever I do it, uh, like in casuals and stuff around here, people are like, "Is this Rainbow Edition of Street Fighter Five? I've never seen that move before. Yeah. Like, what is that?" So you can you probably be able to to sneak some wins in that way using uh, V Trigger One right now. But uh, but yeah, I yeah. think it is kind of gimmicky too. Like it's it's hard to implement in a safe way. I think there's a way to do to make it safe. Um, again, I think I would use it as a footsie tool uh, to bridge in the gap between some characters that just outfootsie Nakali. Yeah, but absolutely. We'll see. Absolutely. But you're gonna stick with the character now, and and because I mean you travel all the time, you get to you get to go out to a lot of these different events and such, and uh, and so you're gonna continue to rock Nikali and and, and I represent. mean, a, a, according to everybody, Nikali's top five now. So <sighs> I want to see who so. makes him top five. I hope so. I mean, I wouldn't mind him being top three. It'd be great if he was the top one, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll try some things. I was I was actually at Mark Teddy's playing the other day, and I haven't like I I see the setups everybody's doing with like the whole roundhouse juggle to the EX top, hard knockdowns to set up with V-Trigger 2. Mm -hmm. But like in the game, I haven't seen an opportunity to use like low forward EX top. 
like I wouldn't normally use EX stop mid screen to begin with. Exactly, and it looks like the 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 new the new cancels that he have has are like weird that he would he would never use them and there are better things to do in those situations that like cost less meter and things like that too so it'll be interesting yeah. as as everybody figures stuff out and everybody is i think it just comes down to you and i now because uh nobody else is playing him so it's on us we'll figure this character out we'll prove that he's top <laughs> I'm pretty three. sure that, i'm pretty sure they're gonna go back to him like uh i'm pretty sure phenom's gonna go back to him pretty sure gamer b might go back to him actually no cammy's top tier now for sure so yeah. he might just stick with cammy I'm getting roasted in the chat saying I'm third wheel here in this uh, tech Sorry. conversation. <laughs> now, John, actually, were you still here? Are we still live? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice one, John. I am like just so happy to hear you guys having this discussion um, because I'm willing to bet, I could be wrong and you can correct me, Sherry, that uh, a lot of people assume that you're just uh, some chick, right? Or, oh, you're just there because you're, you'll be the, the one girl in the FGC and get attention. Or, I'm sure you get all kinds of hate and shit talk <laughs> but this not only proves that wrong um but 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 that does bring us to the last topic right which is what's it like to be a quote girl gamer or a female in the fgc which is not something we see all that often yeah um how do i even start this there's actually a lot of other girls that have been joining the scene ever since street fighter 5 dropped so it's it's really refreshing to see other girls play as well um, so it's not as uncommon as it was before, but when I first, when Street Fighter first came out, I was talking to my friends about this, um, new people entered the community. So a lot of people didn't know who I was. So it, I got the same reaction as I did in the beginning of Street Fighter 4, where, you know, at Combo Breaker, I'm sitting down there playing casuals and there's this shitty ass Ryu that I'm like destroying and he's laughing the whole time. And his friend asks him, like, oh, why are you laughing? What's so funny? And the guy's like, this girl actually knows how to play Street Fighter. I'm just like, what? So, you know, I perfected him and stuff just to let him know I knew what was going on. But, you know, I haven't experienced like that since Street Fighter 4. And as CEO, I was standing there waiting to play um, on the setup. And a guy comes up to me. I don't know if this is, like, his opening line or something. But he said, are you here to compete or are you here just to watch your boyfriend play? And I was like... <laughs> I was like, we can money match if you want to, you know, I'm, I'm just, it's my first time here, you know, I just want to see how money matches go. So I haven't experienced that in a while, but now it's like two, three years into Street Fighter V. I think it's kind of going back to the norm where like, if you see me at a tournament, I won't really get that reaction anymore. Um, I think I've been to enough majors where people are like, oh, hey, there's Sherry, um, you know, she's here to play. Yeah. You know, it, this was like back in 2011, I interviewed Gutex about uh, where the FGC was in relation to esports and blah, 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 and he said, if we can just figure out how to get more women into the FGC, we'll make it, right? So I'm putting that to you. How do we encourage uh, more female representation uh, oh, at tournaments? Before Sherry answers this, um, I don't know if people have seen it yet, but Born Free did an, inf uh, an interview with Infiltration at NCR, and the last thing that Infiltration says is um, he wants to get into really good shape because uh, you know he's one of the people in the FGC that, that people see the most, right? Being one of the absolute top players, and he said if he can get really <laughs> if he can get really sexy as a pro gamer, maybe more <laughs> girls will want to join the scene. Is that the answer? We all just got to hit the gym, and Sherry. <laughs> and obviously, that's the answer, right? If we all I just mean, buff I up. I mean, I mean, it, it kind of helps. Like, uh, I, I'm not okay. I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I actually think Combo Queens has been doing a really good job. 
uh, it, Kamu Queens is something that Carolyn Dow, uh, Purple Sharpie, and Emily Ganona have been working on. And it's like the equivalent of Smash the Sisters, but in the FGC. And they actually highlight a lot of girls in the, in the FGC outside of just players, like, you know, the cosplayers, the TOs, uh, uh, just any girl in the scene that's been putting in work, they get highlighted, they get a spotlight, and it just... It kind of shows girls that, like, yeah, we do appreciate you for sticking by because we know girls go through a lot of crap in this community. Um, what's your message to shit talkers and haters? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't really have a message to them. I kind of address them individually. Like, I don't know if you saw my tweet about the guy I saying that, that yeah. <laughs> I had to be. Um, a, what do you call me? A queer before driving stick. Because I drive man, I, my car is a manual. So I was just showing people that it was a manual car, and he was like, "You can't be driving a manual unless you are a man, because that's a man's community." Uh, <laughs> FCC is not to that extreme, but you know, it has little hints of it here and there. Like, "Oh, you're a girl. You're not really supposed to be playing games like that." Um, this really old school mentality, clearly, because my parents still tell me that to this day. You know, Chinese parents, me being a girl uh, in her later twenties, like, "Why are you still playing games?" type of thing. Um, so, but as far as the haters go, uh, I don't really have anything to say to them because I know at the end of the day, their viewers are what trans their views are what translates into money to begin with. Their attention is what translates to popularity and notoriety, which is what got me this far to begin with as well. So, whether or not it's hate or support, uh, I just thank everybody for tuning in. Right on. So then. Um... You know, I kind of just put a ball on this whole thing. Um, you know, recently the Mike Ross AMA kind of uh, yeah. saying he doesn't know where we're headed. He doesn't like what he sees or he doesn't recognize it anymore. We have Watson. You know, he didn't say it by name, but he was basically calling Valle a sellout and saying, you know, esports this and that. You, I feel like, straddle the line, right? Because you are clearly uh, supportive of, the, of grassroots and Watson and that, but you're also on an e-league uh, television show, right? Where do you think we are? Are we heading in the right direction? Do you not recognize it? Do you fear the future of the FTC? Or, or what can you tell us? And then we can wrap on that. Okay. Um, I feel like people should do their best to support grassroots because they've been in the scene for so long. So when we're, when we're talking about events like uh, like Final Round, all the Big E tournaments, Texas Showdown, NorCal Regionals, SoCal Regionals, West Coast Warzone, just all the majors that have been there for us before we got to this level, I think we should always do our best to make it out and support them. Um, like, for instance, if you were to put like a dream hack versus uh, Canada Cup on the same weekend, I would choose Canada Cup over dream hack because I know Black Sheep has, Black Sheep has been supporting this community for so long. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm against uh, like dream hack coming in because I feel like that gives the players the opportunities that they wanted for so long because I was there when we used to record matches on VHS and we didn't have YouTube. So we weren't able to do all that and the pots would be like $100. People would literally be playing just to play and money wasn't anything. But this was something they wanted to do for a living. This is something they wanted to get more out of. So now the money is there, you know, E-League, 250000 uh, Capcom Cup, half a mil, just... You know, th that's what these players 
are getting rewarded for because, you know, players like Justin, players like Daigo, Tokido, Mago, all these people have been in the scene for so long. And I feel like they're, they're still pretty grassroots. I don't, th- I don't feel like they're fake at all. And they came into this scene to play. They came into this scene to become better players, become the best, and to not necessarily for the money, but the money is nice. And it's still those same players that make it that far. It's still those same players like Justin who gets sponsored by Uncle Fox, who's able to make a living off of it. So I think we're going in a positive direction. Um, obviously, there's some things we might not like here and there. But at the end of the day, I think we're linearly moving on up. That's mm. finding that happy medium between the two, right? And being able to do the balancing of, of you know, grassroots and esports and grabbing the positives of, of both, you know, holding on to the positives of grassroots and while being, you know, welcoming of the good things that E-League brings. And it's, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be a bumpy ride, right? It's going to be hard. There's going to be mess ups, you know, um, on the road. But, uh, but I do think that it's possible that we can do it. And I really like the way you, you know, you kind of put that there that like, this can, this, this needs to be our approach. You know, we need to kind of have more open arms and, and, and embrace both in a certain way. So, so I agree with that. Sherry, uh, thank you for your time. Where will you be competing next? Uh, let's see. I'm going to Texas Showdown. I will be at Combo Breaker. And I'll, in June, there's a whole bunch of events going on in June. Well, basically, I'll just be at every major in the U.S. <laughs> right on. <laughs> nice. Rockin' Nikali? Yes. Um, always Nikali. I've always been a character loyalist because none of my characters have been nor- nerfed. Really, like, Viper was always top tier. Nikali, I feel, has always been top tier, so hopefully he stays top tier so I'm not forced to switch characters. Well, that, that pretty much brings us to the end of the interview, unless there's anything else you want to leave us with. Um... Um, nothing really, just uh, you know, make sure to tune in every Friday night, 11 p.m., TBS, <laughs> to watch the Challenger series. Uh, I'm 100% sure at the end of the day, everybody who watches will be thoroughly entertained but if you are from the FGC, I think you will really, really appreciate uh, what this show is about and how it depicts us. Right on. Well, Sherry, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, even though you had to do it from work, we still really appreciate your time and for um, you know, imparting your insight on various topics here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And John, thank you for helping me co-host this interview. No problem. And I and I wanted to say one more thing just before we log here, and that's that uh, Chick-fil-A is much better than Popeye's. That's so incorrect. First of all, they're not even on the same level. It's I think not we're even done. real fried I think we're done, guys. <laughs> Alon, we're good. No. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks again, and thanks, everybody, home for watching, and we'll catch you next week. Yep. Bye.